Hello, everybody, and welcome back to another exciting episode of Phantoms of the Silver Screen Podcast. I am Jumby, and as always, I am joined by... Rip. Hello, everyone. Today, we are reviewing our favorite campy, scary, horror movie entity, Are You Afraid of the Dark? Season 2, Episode 8, Episode Title, The Tale, The Whispering. I hope you heard that. <laughs> yes. So, the tale of the whispering walls. I <laughs> liked the episode. It was pretty good. It was pretty good. I'm I'm gonna say it's not the best we've ever seen, but it's also not bad at all. Yeah, yeah. Those uh, I want to say pacing issues. I felt mm-hmm. like they could have been. They could have done more with it. But you know. Who am I to judge, right? <laughs> I think it's like I don't really have much to connect with with these kids because they're they're kind of bratty, <laughs> you know. They're just fighting all the time. Didn't have a, a lot of moments to be like rooting for them, or even the babysitter. She was kind of one dimensional. I don't know. I guess I'm being too critical. But <laughs> I don't know what I was expecting. <laughs> I, I need. The, I need the Citizen Kane of episodes. This is garbage. (laughs) I need character development in those 22 Mm -hmm. minutes ASAP. He babysits, but why? Tell me. (laughs) Everybody doesn't have a tragic backstory. Yeah. (laughs) Louise is like, yeah, I I babysit these two kids because they're orphans. And (laughs) it reminds me of when I miscarried years ago. Oh, (laughs) jeez. It gets dark. (laughs) 10 out of 10 episode. Everything other than that, garbage. <laughs> this episode starts strong, but we'll get into that in a second because they have a really great reference. Yeah. Before we get into it, though, um, our predictions from last time. Here what we were Here those we predictions? Go. Yeah. What was your Rip, prediction? Rip. I predicted that it was going to be a Gary episode. And it was going to be set in high school. The walls are going to whisper. And they break down the walls and it leads them to like some kind of different dimension-esque place. <laughs> um, and Jumby, the man I, of the hour. Yes, I predicted that this will be a Betty Ann episode. Oh. Yeah. And it would, I think I said it would start in the country, but then go to the city. No. Right? No? <laughs> no. I just said it would start in the, I'd just be in the country. That I yeah, it was uh city people go- going to the country. Right. Yes. Okay. City people going to the country. And they would go to a haunted house. No, no. Actually I said a haunted bed and breakfast. Yes. Somebody's haunted bed and breakfast. Mm-hmm. And they would hear voices in the walls, but then they would learn that they were just trying to help them in the end. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That was Jumbie's prediction. Yes, it was not 100% correct. <laughs> yes, it was like 99.9% correct. I would say 70%. <laughs> well, one of the major things Jumpy got right is this is a Betty Ann episode. The goats. The goats. Now, the plot. Everyone in the break pacing, out your nightlights. Oh, yeah. It's scary. Mm-hmm. It's Betty Ann time. Yeah. The the story itself is 
pretty good. I like it. The pacing of it is where it's kind of takes you away. Mm-hmm. I do agree. It was hard to get into the characters, but but uh, just the idea of the story is freaking <laughs> pretty crazy. Creative, always creative. Um, I think it also suffered from doing a lot of these scenes in the daytime. It would have been a little scarier if they let it go to nighttime. Yeah. I guess like production-wise, it would be harder to film at night, but I don't know. It could have helped the plot a little bit. I feel like if they did do um, do it at night, it would have been closer to what you predicted. Just yeah. They're stopping at a B&E or like they're stopping for the night because something happened and... You know, as they're like staying in for the night, they just start hearing the 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 walls telling them shit, and then that's when they realize that the whole thing is he, the the B and E is actually pretty evil. Are they called B and E's? No. They're <laughs> <laughs> they're breaking and entering. Yeah. <laughs> uh, we should redo this whole episode but i, <laughs> I refuse i bread, shouldn't have said anything and i think i think i said like bread and breakfast at some point i don't know uh, bed and breakfast actually that sounds really good bread and breakfast yes like the bread, i would go there like you gotta assume the bread is not part of the breakfast but you're adding it anyway Thinking more like I'm already getting bread, and on top of that, you're giving me breakfast. That that's crazy talk. Nobody would do that. You know that sounds really like just the, like what? Like a like a breakfast place, but like you eat like on a couch or like a uh, a bed, mm-hmm. and then I don't know, just call it bread and breakfast. I don't know some some weird crap. Like you don't actually stay there, but you lay down on the bed. I don't. Know, it, it's a work in progress. I was I was thinking like a breakfast place that tries to get you just like Olive Garden tries to get you by giving you unlimited bread and just like oh it's so good why don't you eat it why don't you eat a bunch of it oh look at that you can't <laughs> eat your food <laughs> bam it's like oh you want some toast we got whole wheat pumpernickel rye mm-hmm. sourdough can I have some breakfast no no don't be hasty you want some bread first <laughs> I don't know why their goal is to not feed you real food. <laughs> Just be super creepy about it. It's like, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, we'll get you a breakfast, but how about some bread? Yeah. You like bread, don't right, you? We're, <laughs> we're off to a productive start. We we got far into this episode. It's, it's going worry. good. We, we have a lot of opinions on food um, yeah. pretty soon. And you know what? <laughs> Not unlike a character in this story named Andrew. Andrew. Andrew Dickens. I'm tying it to the plot. You see how good I am? Andrew's very hungry all the time. Yes. Speaking of food, let's somehow segue into the episode. Speaking of food, we start the episode with the Midnight Society walking in through the forest. Yeah, that that fits. (laughs) And forest, food, same thing. And it's at this point that David sets the scene and the mood by saying, hey, it's a full moon and it's the day of leap year. Tonight. February 29th, yes. in case you didn't know. <laughs> so it's like, like it, was, it was set up a lot better than the way we just said it, but it's just in our notes. It, that's how it 
that's how it's yeah. <laughs> written out for us. I mean, that's pretty much it. It's just a lot of preamble. Hey, you know, it's spooky night because it's leap year and full moon. I don't know why that matters. I've never heard that that Me superstition either. before. Me either. I don't know how many of those are were in our lifetime so far. But I can't I can I can't remember any like date specific superstitions other than like 2012 for the world to explode kind of thing. Friday the 13th is a good one. There you go. That's true. Friday the 13th classic. That's about it. <laughs> uh oh, um there's Halloween. the witching hour and Hallow's Eve. The witching hour is mm-hmm. 2 a.m. Anybody that watches how I met your mother Nothing good happens after 2 a.m. Because mm-hmm. that is the witching hour. If anybody watches How I Met Your Father, I'm sorry about that. <laughs> and uh, hopefully this doesn't tell you what, what what year we're doing this episode at. Mm-hmm. But, so, you know who else doesn't know what's going on and why this day is so significant? It's Kiki. Kiki is like, uh, what's what's to, what's that supposed to mean like why is the full moon on a leap year special and leap year day sorry and david says it's the night that the spirits of the dead are free to take away innocent victims and frank has the same reaction that jumpy and i had and he says i think you're making that up because i have never heard this yeah it's like you know all hallows eve friday the 13th February 29th like you that it's <laughs> everybody knows this come on guys like if I was on who wants to be a millionaire or some other trivia <laughs> show and they're like just pick one that doesn't belong here I would pick February 29th and I will you'd, you'd I, be wrong <laughs> you lose a million dollars sorry yeah and I'd make a scene <laughs> uh so the correct answer was October 31st because All Hallows <laughs> Eve is the one that matters. Sorry. October 31st <laughs> is actually the good day. Mm-hmm. So as they're walking through the clearing to get to the midnight area of the forest, Gary notices that there's someone standing near the fire and tells everybody to stand back, which is a good guy. And at this point, Joby and I look through the crowd of who was there and we notice somebody's missing because mm-hmm. we see Kirsten, David, Kiki, Frank, and Gary. And we just see mm-hmm. one person standing by the fire in a long black robe with their back facing to everybody. This person slowly turns around and they're wearing a white skull mask. It reminded me of, you know, I, it, the name escapes me now, but there's this character, one of the Hayao Miyazaki films, mm-hmm. like the, it could be Spirited Away, that looks just like this. <laughs> yeah, I'd have to, maybe. It doesn't ring a bell right now. I'm but... not going to bother looking it up. <laughs> Kristen freaks out and she's like, yeah, I'm gone. Peace. And, mm-hmm. and David's like, no, stay, girl, stay. And she's like, okay, fine. Um, the the person in the long black robe slowly approaches them. And then we hear a voice and it says, hey, guys. 
person takes off their mask and it's Betty Ann and everybody screams in terror. <laughs> ah! No, Damn it, Betty, put it back on. <laughs> so scary. Why? We don't want to hear another story tonight. Betty, Betty please. <laughs> I just got back to sleep. <laughs> Sit down. So they all exhale in relief. And as they're walking by her, um, everybody's like complimenting her on like, you're like, oh, that's a cool get up for February 29th, except for Kiki. Kiki, the harshest critic next to Frank, ask her, why are you dressed up like that? What's happening? Mm. And, um, uh, Betty Ann is like it's a full moon, and it's and it's February twenty ninth. Are you are you serious? Of course I'm gonna dress like this. This is like the best time to do it. And Frank rolls his eyes. He's like, no, you're 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 into the sleepier superstition too. Come on, I thought you were better than that. Like a lot of focus on this February twenty ninth superstition. Because Frank speaks for he speaks the truth, all right. He he knows this is some garbage they made up today, and they're all selling it. And he's like, "No, you're not gonna gaslight me into believing this is a thing. It's not a thing. I know it's not." This is bull. I, I like the way that Frank was stepping up tonight. He's yeah. just like not taking it from anybody. Yeah, and he did get Betty Ann a little bit angry, and I think he got scared. <laughs> um. You get, it's funny because uh, Gary kind of gives him a look like, "Yo, man, like she started to set the mood. Just get in the fucking mood." And mm. I just love it because this season, Gary is just tired of everybody's shit, and I think that's why he hasn't set a story yet. He's just like, "How do I get out of this? I'm the leader. <laughs> I don't want to do this anymore, and I can't kick everybody out. It doesn't look good." Mm-hmm. Not like Eric. <laughs> Thank God nobody asked any questions. <laughs> so, um, Betty Ann holds her skull mask in front of her face and mm-hmm. tells everyone that this mask and being in this circle are their only protection. Like, they're just making this shit up as we... I, we should research this at some point. Probably should have done that before. <laughs> yeah. But whatever. Um, she does make it very clear that this mask is the only thing keeping them safe. Yeah. And obviously, it's going to tie heavily into her story. And we're going to learn why the mask is keeping them safe. Yes. Can't wait to see. But before that, Frank laughs because it's, he's just like, I can't I can't deal with this February 29th nonsense. This just sounds like <laughs> a dumb joke. And Betty Ann tells him, like, like um, uh, you don't have to believe me, but it is an old superstition. <laughs> like, I'm trying to poke holes in all this shit because... I know it's a Nickelodeon show and we shouldn't take all this shit. We should we should take it with a grain of salt. But this is really aggravating me that I have never heard of this before in my life. I don't think it's a real thing. <laughs> it can't be a real thing because it's too dumb. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but it's an old superstition according to Betty Ann. And she explains that the, her story takes place on February 29th, leap year, with that happens every four years. And... um. When it comes with a full moon, watch out. The spirits who are out on a full moon leap year are hunting. And it may be for you. 
Everyone gives each other a look like, oh my god, this is good. Wow, this is scary now. She grabs the midnight sack, takes out some midnight dust, and submit it for the approval for the Midnight Society. She calls this story the tale of the whispering, whispering walls. walls. Yes. Dun, dun, dun. And we begin. And how do we begin this episode? So we begin this episode with the introductory scene. Um, we have three characters. Louise, who's a babysitter, driving her babysitties, the two kids she's babysitting, <laughs> back from the amusement park. And those two kids are called Claire and Andrew. So Claire and Andrew are bickering because they're brother and sister, and they're like... 11 and 8 years old, I think, is what they said. Yeah, 11 and 8 years old. Mm -hmm. So they are bickering in the car like you would expect. Um, Andrew's being mean. Uh, Claire's not taking any of his crap. She's just like, sit down, you suck. Get out of here, you smell bad. Not important what they bantered because one thing they said about the amusement part is that it was super fun because of that laughing in the dark fun house. <laughs> When Zebo the clown popped out, it really scared the daylights out of me, says Andrew. Best episode ever for referencing <laughs> Zebo right there. Finally. Closest thing I'm going to get to like an episode two <laughs> for Zebo. I shouldn't have been surprised because it's a, it's a Betty Ann tale and that's her story. So they're going to reference things. Which is good. I like it when they do that sometimes. Not all the time. Do, do they do that all the time? Because like, I don't know. I mean, like, when David told that story and he's like, oh, um, Gary, I'm going to borrow one of your characters. Um, and he took, what's his name? With the Sardo, Dr. Sardo or something. Yeah. Yes, he did. Uh, but they, they don't do it often, which makes it more special when they, <laughs> when they do it. In my Maybe Betty Ann's all about it. And like, she gives little references throughout all of her stories. That would be She's cool. like the marvel of her storytelling group, and she has like interconnected stories. So yeah. Anyway, they um, are arguing in the car. They make that awesome Zebo reference, and then Claire gets annoyed at her brother for being eight years old, and her <laughs> brother is arguing with her because he's eight years old, and Louise tells him to shut up. Otherwise. <laughs> They're not going to get banana splits at Molly's. And the kids are like, oh, my God, Molly. I love Molly. Molly's crazy. But it's not because of the drug. It's because of the place <laughs> called Molly that Percocet. has banana split. Molly yeah. Percocet. Percocet. Yes. Molly Percocet. You guys remember splits. that song? But you not. might not. It was 15 <laughs> years ago. <laughs> Probably. <laughs> Um, so yeah, they, these kids go wild when they hear about banana splits at Molly's. Um, Andrew's just like, I can't believe it. I'm starving, even though he's stuffing his face with candy. <laughs> so they keep driving. Claire and Andrew minimize their fighting, but they're still kind of fighting a little bit. Mm -hmm. He's like eating a bunch of candy and Claire says he's going to rot his teeth out. And he's like, well, you have onion breath, you know, some stupid kid stuff. <laughs> Eventually... Louise makes a wrong turn because she's trying to find Highway 9 
mm-hmm. on this really hard to navigate road that has no street signs. Yeah. She's trying to find Highway Nine. She sees one pointing toward the left, but something. And she not turns right. left. Yeah, it looks weird. It yeah, looks she, very weird. She pulls off because she's like, something's not right here. Um, mm. And even Louise is like, isn't that sign, isn't it supposed to be a blue sign? And then she's like, well, I mean, it's the sign says Highway 9's this way. My gut's telling me it's not. So, but if that's what the sign says. Mm-hmm. The terrible time before GPS existed. You just had to trust all the signs. Yeah. I saw the sign. Mm-hmm. And she turned left. And then, as soon as she turned left, the sign decided that that was it. And it did its job and it fell right off, mm-hmm. revealing the blue highway sign pointing the opposite direction to the right. Mm. They are being tricked by something. Oh. I should have said they're being tricked by someone or something. Yeah. Oh. Dun, dun, dun. Yes. Classic, classic mm-hmm. scary trope. Yeah. Mm-hmm. We'll correct that in editing. Just kidding. We don't do that around here. <laughs> For real. <laughs> Louise passed. <laughs> Louise goes toward the left, and they are passing by some place called the Whisper Inn. And she feels pretty lost now because she hasn't found the highway. So she pulls over, and she's like, "Look, I'm gonna go inside. You guys should all come with me, actually. And we're gonna ask for directions because I don't know what I'm doing." So they go into this whisper in. At this point, Rip was cursing at me. He's like, how did you know? This is exactly what you said. And I was like, no, it's not a bread and breakfast. Or B and E, as they're often called. Bed and eating. Obviously. Yeah, obviously. Eating what? Eating so, breakfast. Come on. Put it all yep, together. It's right there, guys. So I have to spoon feed it to you. Oh, my gosh. Oh. Yes, I was cussing out Jumby because this is... This is way too accurate for my liking. It wasn't even that accurate because they walk into the whispering inn. They don't stay there. It isn't a bed and breakfast. It's seemingly deserted. There's nobody around. It looks like nobody's been here since the Old West type of days. <laughs> but then all of a sudden, this creepy, creepy, creepy guy shows up. Yes. All dressed in black, wearing a super tall and looking lanky. like he's part of My Chemical Romance: The Black Parade. <laughs> he does look like that. He looks exactly like if you know what that reference is. He looks exactly like that. Freaking his his outfit had those like white lines that looked like a rib cage, like just going down. And mm-hmm. I'm like, oh man, and he's wearing eyeliner, and I'm sure he has nail polish on too, all black. A very emo person. Yes, he just needs um, mascara, and he would. I mean, did he have? He mascara? probably had. He probably had some mascara. I don't know. This guy's just setting up for the future. You know what I mean? Like just mm-hmm. setting the trend for the future. He's ahead of his time. Yeah. So he like appears, but before he appears, everyone's like, "Oh, let's get out of here!" And they open the door, and when he appears, he yells, "Shut that door!" <laughs> And they turn around and they see the guy and he's just like, I hate drafts of wind. <laughs> and then Louise is like, all right, whatever. I'll close the door. It's not a big deal. It's just wind, my guy. Calm down. <laughs> Although the wind was going pretty hard. But... It was. Yeah. It was getting, I don't know. <laughs> For some reason, he hates drafts of wind. I'm sure that's not an important plot detail. <laughs> At least I didn't think it was. <laughs> 
So the man dressed in black and in the My Chemical Romance outfit, he talks to them a little bit. Louise lets them know that, hey, like, we're lost and I need to find Highway 9. And he's like, oh, really? Mm, that's interesting. It talks very strange. And he's just like, well, you've strayed pretty far away, haven't you? That's that's weird. And he gets real creepy. And he says, I know a shortcut. There's a dirt road outside that leaves, leads deep into the forest. <laughs> and it will save you or cut miles, rather, off of your trip. <laughs> and he gets real close and makes eye contact. Everyone's creeped out. Everyone doesn't like it there, except for Andrew. So Andrew is kind of like wandering off in the corner and he uses these little pocket fans that you get you probably seen it at an amusement park or like disney world if you had a chance to go there they sell these little fans and he turns it a chime yeah he like it's a battery power fan and he they had this guy hates drafts right we already established that but he has wind chimes mm -hmm. inside his um, whatever you want his in his house his <laughs> in yes it's and, like an early warning alarm system you know like if those chime he knows something's wrong yeah there's wind in here i hate that <laughs> that's how you know drafts are coming he's like uh, uh, uh no drafts mm -hmm. i don't like drafts so um yeah so andrew was oh. playing with the his little battery part fan and it's strong enough if you ever play with those things you know those things don't really work yeah. Yeah, I mean they they it generates enough to keep your face cool. But if you're walking around uh any kind of like carnival or fair, Disney, any amusement park and you try to use that, mm, it, it's all about the ones that um the spray bottles that have the fan going as there it's connected go. to it. That's See, so That's where we go. Yes. See, they didn't have that because that, that that little propeller fan that just blows hot air in your face, yeah. right? It just makes it worse. Mm -mm. Doesn't cool that. you down. So, <laughs> um, it's at that point when they're distracted that they look up and uh, <laughs> this dude wasn't there anymore. But they because he heard the wind time. Yeah, but they look up again and he's like way back, and uh, he's like. Is there anything more I can do for you? He didn't have an English accent. Not saying that I just did an English accent. I don't know what the hell that was. But he was like, is there anything well, more? Well, that was the accent he did. <laughs> is there anything more I could do for you? And then Luis is like, no, thank you. Let's get out. And you like see her grab the kids, open the door, and like push them out. Like, let's get the fuck out of here. And, mm -hmm. Which was correct. But she did the mistake that... You know what I mean? Like, you ever seen those videos of like how, the how, like five minute horror movies? Like how people just get out mm -hmm. of that situation. Like, uh, like there you see people driving to a party, and then one guy is screaming, "No, don't go! Turn around! Turn around!" And they're just like, "Yeah, okay, we'll turn around." The guy's saying, "Turn around!" I ain't, turn around. I yeah, I'm not going that way. Yes. <laughs> like, if this dude creeped you out that much, and he gave you directions for a shortcut. Yeah, probably don't take that. Probably go the opposite way. <laughs> yeah, like if some serial killer looking guy is like, I can show you where to go. Go down this pathway. I'm not going to go down that pathway. 
I don't care how lost I feel. I'll just drive somewhere else. That sucks because there's like that Frankenstein effect, Frankenstein monster, where he looks like a monster, but he's actually very kind. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then you know, you don't want to be prejudiced either. But I do. <laughs> not, I'm not taking those risks. <laughs> if you look like a murderer, I'm sorry that you look like a murderer. I'm not gonna listen to you. <laughs> I'd watch that movie for sure. It's like, if you watch this video, you'll die in seven days. And then John Beast is like, I'm not watching that. Cool. (laughs) Return it. (laughs) Gonna mail this to an enemy. (laughs) Hey, watch this. This is a a party. I'd like to bury the hatchet. (laughs) Here's a movie. (laughs) So, there's a funny story. Like, you know the the ring, right? Yeah. We all, everybody's seen the ring. And there's like a little video of it, right? Mm-hmm. So I had a friend. Uh, let's call him Pedro. So like I had a friend called Pedro. And he had to share his room with his cousin mm-hmm. that he didn't like very much. And he would pull little stunts on his cousin. Like he would put salt in the bed and the cousin wouldn't know what's going on. And the most evil thing he told me about that he did to mess with him was that at night one day. He used the remote control to pause the special features of the ring video so that it was like just the video on repeat. (laughs) Mm -hmm. And his cousin hates horror movie stuff. And for some reason, he's seen the ring. So he's like, he stopped watching it halfway through. He's like, this is garbage. I'm not watching. (laughs) And when it was like 2 a.m., he played the video for the ring. Like he wasn't sleeping in the room that night. He just pressed play and you just hear his cousin going, (gasps) (laughs) and just got terrified because he played the ring video oh man seemingly out of nowhere it was it was terrible that's quite funny <laughs> mm-hmm. oh man. i've i've heard i've heard pranks people have pulled with that with that ring video i mean that would scare me even though i know it's a prank probably i'm still just like i didn't like seeing that <laughs> trying to sleep i remember uh, uh just good times that was a good movie, though. Yeah. Back then. First one. Yeah. I hate when, like, good horror movies just turn into a franchise. I think that's the problem with, like, a lot of these, is that every horror movie tries to be a franchise. And it, you know, once you franchise something, the quality always goes down. I mean, I think some of the Friday the 13th and freddy krueger movies they get funnier as you go on and that's kind of the realm that we look for the funny campy side of horror (laughs) that is true i don't know i mean chucky does a good job um it's true but paranormal activity is the one that Mm -hmm. disappointed me yeah they should have just stuck with one of those but they are a business they need to make money yeah i guess but that being said, they got the fuck out of the house then. Right. <laughs> and they decided to take his advice, get in the car, and then drive down the woods <laughs> for the shortcut. Um, I have expected them to pass, like, a phantom cab. <laughs> hey. Uh, Dr. Vink waves at them. <laughs> um. The 
as they're driving through, we see a nice looking, what can only be described as a Victorian era house. Mm-hmm. And out of nowhere, their car stops working. Their engine, the subtitles for this said engine dies. So Louise can't start her car. And she has no idea why, but it's perfectly in front of this Victorian era house. Which, in my opinion, would have been a perfect B&B place. It would have been a very good B&B place. So. But it's not. It's just somebody's house. (laughs) All right, guys? It's just a normal house. So Louise is just like, okay, let's go inside the house, ask if they got a phone. But Andrew is being like, do we have to? Should Let's go back to the tavern with that creepy guy and ask him for a phone. And Louise is like, nah, nah, we're already here. Let's go. And Claire. Probably like, I don't want to talk to that guy again. <laughs> Claire is like, uh, just calling Andrew a chicken, normal sibling stuff. So Louise takes it upon herself to be like, okay, you guys wait out here. I'll go inside. No big deal. So she goes inside the car, uh, the house. Well, before she goes inside, she walks up to the door and <laughs> she knocks or something. Mm-hmm. I think she's about to knock and the door just leans open. And it's pitch black inside. Nobody's pulling the door. She looks back toward the car and she's like, damn it. Why do I have to be the adult <laughs> right now? <laughs> and I just run. Yeah. I feel and d- despite her better judgment, she walks in the house. And... The door shuts behind her. And this is when we get a cut a transition to Claire and Andrew still in the car. And by mm-hmm. the look on their faces, they've been waiting outside for a pretty long time. Or because they're kids, it's been one minute. <laughs> I want to know. Mm-hmm. I am dying of thirst right now. <laughs> it's been 60 seconds. And where are my banana splits? I am still starving i only <laughs> ate candy for the past half an hour and i'm surprised they didn't like fight each other yeah um so they decide to go to inside the house or at least claire decides that it's time to go inside the house um andrew's still protesting it but claire calls him a chicken and automatically that was that was the insult back in the day if you needed to manipulate somebody just call him a chicken and mm-hmm. they're like, nah, I'm not a chicken. I'll go, bitch. So <laughs> Andrew ran, was the first one at the door because he was called a chicken. And, mm-hmm. and this is my favorite part because they're both siblings. So Andrew got to the door first. And Louise, and he's like, ah, I won. I got to the door first. And Louise is like, okay, well, winner gets to knock. And he's like, no, loser gets to knock. And Louise just kind of accepts it. Not Louise, uh, Claire. Claire just kind of accepts it. She's like, oh, fine, whatever. So Because he's right, all right? Why, <laughs> why would my reward being the be doing the bad thing? I beat you. It's not fair. I just love the attempt by Claire. <laughs> I know. She had to try. Yes. He's eight. She might trick him. <laughs> so she knocks, and the same thing happens. Door opens. Pitch black. And we don't see anybody open the door for them. 
kind of just go inside because they're looking for Louise. And they're inside yeah. the house. I think the door Very. shuts automatically. <laughs> yes, it does. Very creepy atmosphere. Andrew wants out immediately, but I don't think there's any getting out at this point. Nope. Uh, and we get we have a like a spiral kind of stairs. Not a not a true spiral staircase, but like it definitely curves. So mm-hmm. you're definitely turning to go up the stairs. Um and every the walls are painted very dark with like a dark emerald green as I guess it was described. And I like that green. Yeah. And very old, like we see um picture frames on the wall and statues white statues so they decide to go upstairs because and look for louise they heard a sound and that's just like oh louise let's go and they, they go upstairs <laughs> music they, i think they hear music that entices them to go yeah so they hear this creepy music mm-hmm. i guess not creepy to them but to me any merry-go-round theme park <laughs> music is creepy because I just think of Zebo. I'm surprised he didn't mention like, "Hey, it's the same song Zebo had." <laughs> hey, look, it's Zebo. Like it, that would have been the best episode in the world if Zebo was just in that house. Anyway, <laughs> so they hear merry-go-round music, and they follow it to its source, and it looks like it's in this giant room full of what I have to assume is Molly memorabilia, because <laughs> it's covered in like banana splits everywhere and candy and colorful stuff that the kids are like hey this is a party which is wasn't my thir- first thought i was just like oh this is a creepy room yeah. but they seem to interpret it as a party because and they're like oh man louise must have set this up this yeah. is sick <laughs> thanks louise you can come on out or stay hidden i don't care i have a banana split now so on a table full of banana splits andrew picks one up and is about to eat it and claire is like, oh, let me try some of yours in true sibling fashion because she can't grab her own. There's there's plenty of banana splits. <laughs> there's like so many. And she's just like, no, I need yours, Andrew, right now. None of these will taste as good as the one I take from you. I'm taking it. And Andrew responds dustily like, no, this is mine. You have plenty of yours. And that little interaction caused Andrew mm-hmm. and Claire to accidentally drop the banana split on a nice rug you know very very thoughtless of them to just Mm -hmm. act like that like children suffice it to say they ruined the party and they ruined that rug Mm -hmm. because not only that the banana split started smoking and it starts burning the rug (laughs) apparently that banana split was filled with some type of acid <laughs> and if they didn't have this little sibling spat they would have been murdered by acid which yes. is pretty hardcore to put in a story like this but <laughs> not to be not, nothing i wouldn't expect from betty ann so like i hate banana splits but i felt like i would have died in that scenario <laughs> i don't know i don't think i'd eat anything in that house <laughs> um Especially if I can't find Louise, I'd be like, this This banana split is literally Louise. I'm not eating it. <laughs> they did it somehow. <laughs> so um, so they see the, the, the acid 
or not the, the 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 carpet burning the the banana split burning the carpet and yeah. they get scared and they run off rightfully slow and as they're running off the the mess they made kind of solidifies into a circle and a creepy man the cre- the creepy man from the tavern the my chemical romance looking dude mm-hmm. appears on the floor where it's spilled and starts laughing so we the audience understand that he's bad but they haven't learned that yet which i thought was cool. like that little detail is something that went over my head but mm-hmm. now like oh okay that makes sense because the there's a good name for him that we can <laughs> refer to him as <laughs> uh, i was thinking young boy yeah because it's like from that song when i was a young, a young boy, boy my, my father, father. Um, Took me into the city. We'll do the spoken word version. <laughs> um, damn, now I have that stuck on stuck in my head. Hey, good luck. You're gonna have that for like two weeks straight. <laughs> if if we were successful, everybody, that would have been the intro and outro to this. But yeah, it would have. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> there's still time. But we're not gonna do it. <laughs> Maybe on our second viewing. Of are you afraid of the dark? Just <laughs> yeah, the recap of the recap. There you go. Uh, so uh, it should actually uh-huh. actually be very interesting if like if I had to recap the episodes that we did, I guarantee you I'm not going to remember some of those episodes. <laughs> and be like, I don't know what I'm talking about. <laughs> the lonely ghost. That sounds dumb. I've never seen that in my life. I I probably would still get it. It's probably my. Of like, I think it was. Who says this story? Like, oh, the lonely ghost. That's Kristen for sure. Yeah, <laughs> probably Kristen. Because it's lonely, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, um. So, the 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 kids jet out of this house, and they're running back to the tavern because that's their safe space. And um, on the way there, um, on the way there, Claire says something very like serious i wasn't expecting it she's just like do you realize we could have just died <laughs> did you like can we dwell on that for a second and andrew's like i'm eight all right so yeah, calm yeah. down Chris. andrew's like good thing you're such a pig you know <laughs> <laughs> he just kills kills the tension but it's, she was really dealing with the fact that she almost died there yeah. i and didn't expect that. they had to come up with a plan that the only their only saving grace is to talk to the to the dude at the tavern the young boy Mm-hmm. So when so they're they, back yeah. at the tavern, mm-hmm. they go inside and something's not quite right. Mm-hmm. Do they find young boy? No. Not really. They find five people dressed in different fashions. Um, uh, I want to say the 1930s fashion, but I'm not sure. There's a jukebox. And there's a blonde yeah. man who's just hanging out there, but he's dressed in like a sweater vest or something like that. I don't know. Mm-hmm. He could easily be from the 50s. Yeah. An old man sitting at the bar table, uh, an, eleg- an old elegant lady with like a tray of drinks, but like she definitely was from like the 20s or 30s. Mm-hmm. And a young couple happily dancing together. 
also look like they're from like the 30s. They, they look like they came off the Titanic. Like yeah. Their outfits. The three of them look like that. But the other two people, I feel like we can, you know. There's a bigger range for them. Yeah. So as soon as Claire starts talking, like the record scratch <laughs> happens. And mm-hmm. they just look at look at Claire and Andrew. And Claire explains the situation. They're looking for their babysitter, Louise. She's lost in the house um, that's steep in the woods. And the the lady with the tray is like, here, uh, don't worry about that. Have some punch. Um, and then the music starts up again. And Claire rightfully says no to the punch. And mm. she just wants some help. The dancing couple <laughs> come closer. And the woman... Is like relax. Your babysitter will be just fine once the sun sets. <laughs> and, mm-hmm. and then the man is like, "It's going to be a full moon, and it's on a leap year tonight." February twenty ninth, don't you know? Just in case ancient superstition. <laughs> and um, and Ever if it was the time of the Egyptians, <laughs> and it wouldn't be, we wouldn't be here otherwise if it wasn't for that fact. And they could start laughing and go back to dancing. And this confused me to no end because I was just like, <laughs> are you guys happy that you're stuck? I, I, what's going on here? Are you in on it? I don't understand the motivation for this young couple who seems unbothered by anything other than dancing <laughs> and making cryptic comments. Yeah. Yeah, One really- guy just cares about selling his brushes. Like, I don't even know he's if he's cognizant of what's going on. You want to buy a brush? But yeah, the, that guy. What's so what's his life like? Why is he still selling stuff? Like He's a ghost. Death of a salesman, I guess. I don't know. Um, the Maybe. old the the lady with the trays tells Claire that she reminds her of her dear Jane. We don't really know who that is, but all we know is that it was really sad. So yeah. sad. And the guy at the jukebox comes by, and um. He tells them not to pay attention to any of them. They're all just pulling their leg, which is an old slang. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Claire, like Jumby and Rip, have no idea what's going on. Yep. <laughs> uh, but the the dude is just like, lighten up. The sun is going down and they can live. You know, cryptic for no reason. <laughs> yep. Also, motivations unclear. <laughs> I guess they want to live. I don't know. Yeah. Claire asks who lives in the house, like, because clearly they're trying to kill them, and and then someone's like, "Better question, who is the house living in?" Uh, uh, uh. And everyone laughs. And it, it gave me real haunting of Hill House vibes, where like the house is itself evil, and it just yeah. manifests all these other things, but that. That would be an interesting theory. Are these real people or are they manifestations? No, I think they're real people. It reminded yeah, me of so. it, but I, I, I don't think they're going in that direction. Um, the um, the, the shoe salesman. Yeah, yeah, he's he's just like, yeah, that's Master Raymond's house. We call him Young Boy, <laughs> and uh, and he's been there for years and years and years. Yeah, and they just like, you know what? Thank you goodbye and claire and andrew leave and as they're walking away they're like yo those people are looney tunes which is such a good line 
Mm-hmm. Andrew is like, hey, we could just ask him for a phone because those people that look like they're dressed in the 20s and 30s probably know what a phone is and mm-hmm. they can get their mom and dad to pick them up and they can, you know. Um, and eventually with therapy, we'll learn to forget about Louise and yeah. we'll be fine. Clara's like, what about Louise? Like, nah, she's an adult. She can take care of herself. Oh. I'm sure she's left already. <laughs> so, she ain't getting a tip. I can tell you that much. <laughs> they go back inside to ask for that phone and it's dark inside and deserted like when they first arrived. Whoa. That would freak anybody out. Which it did, because they ran. Because <laughs> they, they realized so those were ghosts. And they went to the only safe place they can go, and that is back to Master Raymond's house. And uh, the idea is we need to get Louise. She's the only one with the driver's license and a car. Let's get out of here. So they, as soon as they get inside, they're hearing echoes and whispering coming from the walls and some of the voices say they will never ever leave the house with one woman laughing but they hear Louise calling for help and the way Louise was calling for help was very like lethargic and apathetic but help me please Uh, could you do it it's not too much trouble I'm upstairs <laughs> please help it sounded so fake like not yeah. not by the actor like it sounded like they were getting led to a trap mm-hmm. which I feel like the direction was like alright you're pleading for help but also you're depleted of energy you know <laughs> you have no energy go and like that that's the best they got so yeah that's a good way to describe that um so they they follow it. They go upstairs through the hallway, and as they're going through, uh, the hallway, like the um, was it the yeah sorry. frames on the wall? Yeah. No, not yet. They're they're going to the living room, and when they get into their living room, they see Louise's face trapped in inside a mirror. She begs for them to to help, so they're not upstairs yet. Mm-hmm. And she tells and that she tells them that upstairs she's trapped. There you go. That's what it was. Um, I'm trapped upstairs. Please help me. Yeah. And then her face vanishes, and it's Master Raymond, and he starts laughing at them, and they freak out and they run upstairs to help Louise, which at this mm-hmm. point is clearly a trap. As they're walking down this hallway upstairs, is when we see. Um, four of the five people that we saw in the tavern um, inside the picture frames. Which I like this cool. effect a lot. Yeah, the, the shot was really good. Yeah. Because they would just appear and do a pose one by one. And they did that thing I like that horror things do where they didn't really make light of it or, or like not make light, but like they didn't really draw attention to it too much. Yeah. They just let it happen. There's no music cues. I like that a lot. Yeah, the best way to describe it is like Harry Potter, where like the pictures were like talking to you and stuff. But it did feel like that. But these kids never read that book. <laughs> it wasn't even out yet. Yeah, so they they had nothing to reference it to, but they didn't even notice. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. Uh, 
they uh they find Louise in a bedroom and she's sitting down in a rocking chair. Claire's just like, Are you okay? We thought something happened to her to you. Louise says she's fine because she found this little baby and as soon as the the baby falls asleep, they can go. And that's a red flag for everybody involved. <laughs> I did not see this creepy scene coming. <laughs> kind of caught me off guard Claire and Andrew were just like their guard was up they're like oh okay something's not right here um, and that's when Andrew notices a ring on her hand with a huge ruby on it um, and he puts it together he's like no Claire that's Master Raymond <laughs> and Louis starts speaking in Master Raymond's voice and he's like here catch and throws the baby he throws the baby <laughs> At, <laughs> at Claire Claire grabs it and screams directly into it into the baby and throws the baby on the floor and meanwhile me and me and Ripper just like what the hell you can't do that to a baby I don't care how ugly it is you can't do that so they they dip Claire and Andrew dip and Louise is laughing diabolically in Master Raymond's voice and then we see why what was going on the inside wrapped around like a baby it was a snake and the snake starts not a baby starts moving around um, a baby snake that was not a baby snake <laughs> could have been that was a full ass adult snake ready to fuck somebody up um, maybe and so what was it so Andrew dips and goes downstairs and tries to get the door open while Claire stands a blank picture on the wall. And it's the same Trey lady from earlier. And she tells him she really reminds her of her little dear little Jane. And that is very sad. And Claire screams and runs. So Claire runs over to a wall with screaming out for Andrew and Louise. And she Andrew's sees, like, shut up. I'm trying to get the door open and leave you behind. <laughs> like, yeah, peace. You know, I'll I'll run home. Um, I will remember you, Clay. <laughs> you were my favorite. <laughs> you were my sibling. And he tries to leave. Yeah. Uh so Claire finds a statue face a, a, a statue with a face on on it and two hands holding a candle on a wall. The face looks like Louise. Louise tells her it's really her, and this is the the, the tone Jumpy was describing earlier. Like, you're in, you're in need of help, but you are zapped of all your energy. Mm-hmm. It's like, help, help. Ah, no, help Stop. me. <laughs> So please like, don't. It's like um the same tone that. Oh, what an obscure reference I'm thinking of, but um, you know, like the original Willy Wonka, <laughs> when the kids are about to do something bad, and he's just like, "Oh no, please Stop. don't, don't do it." Uh oh, and he's clearly like not caring at all. It, it was that tone. Yeah, and so Louise tells her to pull the the candle so the wall will turn around, and. It revolves around and she goes to the other side. Downstairs, Andrew's still looking for Claire and Louise by the door. <laughs> yeah, right. He was fucking ready to dip. 
and for some reason the door opens i think uh the wind opens i don't know and mm-hmm. that's when andrew puts everything together master raymond demanded that the door in the tavern be shut because he hates drafts of wind andrew gets out of gets out his little propeller fan thing and he's like i'm ready i'm here to fight and he runs off to find them obviously this plan is not gonna work because how stupid is that right a ghost who hates a draft he doesn't like wind that's literally everywhere (laughs) and so claire finds louise and louise is like yeah this is actually me and they start i forget they start talking right um Mm -hmm. but at this point andrew uh runs to the wall Claire tells him, pull the, the candle. He goes to the other side. And that's when Master Raymond appears laughing and attempting to scare them. He's got control of Louise. They can't do shit about it. Um, that That's his soul. That's his. Mm-hmm. And they can leave or whatever, but Louise is with him. Um Uh, and at this point, Louise and Andrew had switched sides. They're no longer by the candles; they're by the the wall. And uh, Master Raymond just calls him like, just like, uh, just a small boy. I forgot why. Andrew said something. He's like, "Oh, I'll stop you. Like, leave Louise alone." And Master Raven's like, those are big words from a small boy. <laughs> and Andrew is just like, I'm not small and I'm not scared of you. So Master Raymond tells him that when the sun set, Louis' soul will be his. And what else? Um, and as he's like telling the, this, like Louise is in a trance. So young boy, AKA master Raymond seems to be taking souls from unsuspecting victims. I'm kind of piecing this together. Cause I'm not really clear cut on who's been taken or not. <laughs> Cause it's a little iffy, like the fact that a little iffy, but he seems to be taking souls like Louise's. And harvesting their souls for energy. So that must be what happened to the other people. Like the older lady in the restaurant. Not restaurant. The Whisper Inn and the dancing couple who seem very okay with their souls being eaten. They throw me off. And the traveling brush salesman. Which makes a lot of sense because he could just be there and be like, hey, you want a brush? Oh, my soul. (laughs) So... Because Louise is obviously in danger of getting her soul eaten, um, they have to think of a plan really quick. And Andrew, being an eight-year-old, is like, let's smash some shit. So he looks at a vase, and he looks at a window, and he's like, I have an idea. <laughs> and he smashes the window, creating a draft. And he's like, ha-ha, a draft, your worst nightmare. How do you feel about that? And he gets obliterated or something. Like, he... <laughs> He's just like, oh, no, a draft. And it really works because that's how these shows <laughs> operate. The kid's logic always works out. Yeah. He's the ghost who's scared of the wind. 
if you had like a big fan, he would be defeated. If this house had air conditioning, yeah. you would literally kill him. We have to assume this house does not have any AC at all. That's how they like when they become adults. They're like, all right, we have to put this this to bed. We have to finish this guy off, and they install air conditioning in the yeah. whole house. <laughs> um, so they become AC repair people. <laughs> the the real heroes. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, they are. Yeah. They keep you cool. In the summertime, they're the freaking best people, mm-hmm. heroes. So, uh, Luis briefly snaps out of her trance and leads the three of them to try to reach the front door. But Master Raymond um, uh, composes himself long enough to slam the front door shut. And he walks, like, right through it or whatever. And pretty much tells him there's no use running. The sun is almost down. Louise is mine. And Andrew pulls out his air fan propeller thing. And it doesn't work because I think Master Raymond's like, nice try. And he's like, I'm not I have the f- power to, t- to turn off a car's engine. You think I can't handle batteries? Yeah. All right, kid. Something I failed to mention is that when Andrew was going up the to, to pull the, the, the candlestick to go meet Claire, the mm-hmm. Louise face turned into Master Raymond. And Andrew just took out his little propeller fan thing, put it on, and it immediately stopped him, stopped Master Raymond, and it turned back into the Louise face. Master Raymond was like swiper in, in the <laughs> door of the Explorer, and he was like, oh, I guess I can't swipe right now. I'm yeah. going to go away. That worked. He kind of, Master Raymond kind of hints that the house is alive. He's like, um, the energy, the souls I capture create the energy I'll keep me alive and the house and that louise's soul will be part of the house for her forever mm-hmm. so um at this point he puts louise back in a trance and clara's like no louise don't go back to him and master raymond's like you know i got you too right come over here and louise gets into a trance and goes to him and he looks at andrew and you mean says, claire right claire yeah, sorry claire and Andrew is like, no, Louise, Claire. And Master Raymond's like, all right, you could go. <laughs> so he only <laughs> captured the women and left the little boy. He's uh, like, yeah, you're eight and annoying. You can, <laughs> you can get out of here. Yeah. And then it's at this point, the cop out of the year, the, the tray lady from the inn comes out and Master Raymond's says- like, Violet. She says the, the <laughs> same line that she always said. But yeah, what what does Master Raymond say? Like, he's like, Violet, what are you doing here? And she's like, I won't let you take their souls. And he's like, Why? How dare you defy me? <laughs> <laughs> she's like, I didn't expect the why. Like, <laughs> why? Why not? What's the problem? <laughs> Tell me. <laughs> Violet's like, Spare them. They're just kids, and they're so young, and um, she is so like my poor little Jane. And Master Raymond's like, no. Violet opens the front door and a powerful, not even powerful, it was just like a normal ass gust of wind that was dramatic mm-hmm. and <laughs> um, comes blowing in and Master Raymond just like, like implodes or explodes and it disappears screaming. Um, the wind doesn't seem to affect Violet though. No. So Louise and Claire are freed from the trance. Uh, Louise has no memory of what was going on. Violet tells him, hurry the fuck up before he comes back. So Master Raymond's not dead. 
They run out of the house as fast as they can, get in Luis's car. Luis turns on the car. It starts. They all celebrate and just like drift off into the sunset. Mm-hmm. And as... before they take off, um, before they take off, mm-hmm. Luis is like, "Do you guys still want banana splits?" And they're like, "No, obviously we don't care about banana splits. <laughs> get the get us out of here, <laughs> all right, Luis? Get me home to my parents. Do your job. <laughs> we saved you." So as they dip, another vehicle pulls up, and a random dude come walks out wearing sunglasses. He looks at a map. Like almost about to cuss out the map because nothing makes sense, and then mm-hmm. he looks at the house, the Victorian era house, Master Raymond's house, and young boy's house, young boy, and you can tell that he has an idea to use a phone. Mm. The end, and we're back to the Midnight Society, Betty Ann says that the house still stands today and people still continue to disappear when the moon is full on February 29th, the day of the leap year, the leap day. Everyone's kind of freaked out. And then Gary's like, all right, it's time to go. Kiki's like, I ain't going first. You go. And David's like, I'm not going. Kristen's like, nope, I'm not going first. You go, Frank. I think David says Google Frank or whatever. Frank's like, nah, I'm good. Go on, I'll go Gary. After Gary. At this point, the credits are rolling because even <laughs> even this episode's like tired of this shit. And Gary's like, I ain't going first. Fuck y'all. Mm-hmm. And that's and, how the story. And goes. also, no one brings up why the mask was significant, and it wasn't, and <laughs> it didn't come up at all. And I don't understand. <laughs> There's a lot of things up in the air in this episode. Um. Where was the mask? Is it a cut storyline? What are we doing? Yeah. <laughs> because they realized that the story was about the whispering walls, not the whispering mask. <laughs> mm-hmm. So they're like a fun fact, um during the episode when they saw like all the people together in the inn, the old tiny people, mm-hmm. the jukebox was playing the theme song for the show. Yeah. I caught that. I was like, nice. Nice. And yeah, that's the only real interesting fact about it. Yeah. Um, yeah that's about it. It was... It's so... has so much potential to be a good story. In those 20 minutes, they could have told a really good story. But mm. I think they couldn't figure out how to have the kids escape. So they used the whole Violet thing. Which was uh, such a cop out, you know? Yeah. Because it hints that like, if it was anybody else, they would have not made it. They couldn't uh, really figure out how to stop them. It was only that Violet was like, "No, Claire looks like Jane," so I'll let I'll let you guys go. Couldn't they just like peer, push their lips together and just push air out, like, or whistle, <laughs> and like that would be enough air? I don't know. A little propel, like battery powered <laughs> propeller thing that you get at a theme park did it. Or, you know, like just put out your arms and start like flapping them like waves. Just <laughs> make, cir- make circles with yeah. your hands. Oh no, you got me. <laughs> Something. Um, they really didn't explain why Master Raymond was afraid of 
drafts or where that stopped him. Um, no idea. All right. I'm going to go out on a limb here. Let's for... To keep ourselves sane, let's say Master Raymond isn't a, um, a person. He is the house spirit. You know what I mean? Like the house, house manifested itself into a, into a person. Like, mm-hmm. like it would be Master Raymond. You know what I mean? And the house obviously doesn't like drafts because houses don't like to be drafty. Yeah, houses are meant to be closed. They're not meant to be open. You know, that to me would make the most sense. Obviously, they didn't explain it to us. Um, the house is alive, and a house is only alive when there's people in there. So people who he who it wants to feed acid to. Yes. Yes. <laughs> I mean, that's how you keep a spirit inside a house: is to murder them. I guess. It's pretty hardcore. That was the most Betty Ann part of the story. Yeah. Uh, not a lot of this got fleshed out or explained. We're just, I'm going off the cuff and trying to make sense yeah. of it, but I'm just going to go with that. Master Raymond is the house. Yeah. Manifested as a person. And it's just, I think this is, this is like a second draft and it needs a couple more drafts. Yeah. For There's Betty Ann. A lot, there should definitely be room for improvements on this one going back to the tavern and meeting the people i i think they should have just kept with jumbie's idea and just kept it in the house make that a true hotel or b&b and airbnb uh and Mm -hmm. well no air right because he's can't have that yep no (laughs) just just b&b so and have those people explain all of that to claire louise and Andrew. And then I would even ah oh man, dude, like that whole oh that looks like Jane thing. That that didn't get fleshed out either. Like, is Jane one of the ghosts? What happens, Jane? I don't know. It's sad though. Yeah. <laughs> we don't know, but it's sad. Oh uh, alright. So I know I what wish... everybody's thinking. Uh yes. but finish your point, sorry. Well, I was just gonna say I wish Jane was like a character from a pre-existing story like maybe the, the the prom queen one was her name jane and that was her daughter like i don't know something but then it wouldn't make sense because she's from like the 1930s so yeah i don't know but that 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 whole thing i would remove that and i would have them figure out a way to get out the house yeah of their like with their own ingenuity they yeah. figured out a way to make a gust of wind <laughs> something goofy like in chemistry class we learned about blowing stuff up and they blew up something and creates a big gust of wind i do like the fact that they stopped them for that moment but doesn't mean it's gone you know yeah that other dude definitely was gonna get caught in that house you could have even given them like something a little more low-key like uh like one of those fold like um oh yeah. foldy fan things yeah, yeah, yeah. that would have been cool no <laughs> take the batteries out of this and you just start banning him everybody all together <laughs> yeah get him you do it with my your only heart. weakness how how did you know yeah that that's pretty much like mm-hmm. that's all the improvements i can think of there's definitely more i would definitely take them yeah i said it earlier. i'd make it nighttime 
Yeah. That's what I would want. I would want it to be pitch black. Make it more scary. And like the the car engine not running in front of like the haunted house is such an old trope. That would have been perfect for like Betty Ann's themes of um doing these kind of stories. Yeah. Where they have like that old school theme. Or not more like their normal scene. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, we'll see. But I think it's come to that time where we. Well, before we get there. Okay. I pulled up February 29th superstitions. And I'll just run through okay. it real quick. Let's go. Are we going to have one of those this year? No. Good. Because it's, uh, it's a scary day. 2024 so in some places around the world february full moon on february 29th is considered lucky because it's such a rare occurrence um that it has to be the luckiest thing ever uh one person even said that christopher columbus had the best year of his life with on on a leap year with a full moon uh, some cultures say that if there's a full moon, oh, it's not even a full moon. They're just talking about February 29th in general. I knew she made it up. I <laughs> knew she made it up. Frank was right. <laughs> um, let's see. Oh, yeah. Christopher Columbus used the lunar eclipse to trick the Native Americans into into receiving food and supplies by telling him, but th- telling them that, uh, I don't know how true this is. Cause you know, it's Columbus. <laughs> a lot of I things mean, get murky, you know, a lot of things got exaggerated yeah, in like, really... in a positive way that really didn't happen. But, uh, I think in, uh, the UK somewhere in Scotland or somewhere, February 29th is the woman's right to, proposed to men okay i mean that's pretty cool yeah i think modern times you could just do that you don't really have to wait for a special occurrence always an option and you know what you should do it it's a very (laughs) strong thing to do takes a lot of pressure off the men i'm for it so the other side that i thought was interesting the first arrest warrant for the Salem witchcraft trials went out on February 29th. Spookiest one so yeah. far. Um, I think that's it. <laughs> that's all I got. Everything else <laughs> the is closest. Like, per, there was one dude who was born on a leap day and died on a leap day. Um, okay. <laughs> yeah. um, he died on his birthday, I guess. Russians believe leap years is a greater likelihood of freak weather and greater risk of death. Uh, Those Russian be Russian. In Italy, leap day superstitions advise against buying a house or a car and waiting until the next year to avoid bad luck. And the Greeks believe... I'm just... My sources are my source. Like... I'm Googling this. Don't take everything I say with a grain of salt. If I offend anybody, I'm sorry. Uh, this I'm using the power of Google for good, or at least attempting to. <laughs> but the Greeks believe <laughs> that um, don't get married on a leap year because all leap year marriages end in divorce. I'm offended. 
Uh, and that's it. That's all I got for leap year and superstitions. And I didn't even find anything that has to do with the full moon. Mm. I don't know what the hell they were talking about. I'm with Frank on this one. It sounds like a dumb joke. <laughs> Frank's the best. Yes. Betty Ann's also the best. But she was wrong about this. She made that up. Her and David. David will go along with anybody. <laughs> that's true. All right. So. Now, Jumby, what were you saying before? Now, it is about that time where we reveal the title of the next episode to ourselves, <laughs> and then we try and guess what is it going to be about, and more importantly, who is going to tell the tale. So I guess I will reveal the title. Let me just pull it up really quick. So the title of the next episode, which would be season two, episode nine, Varya for the Dark, is The Tale of the Full Moon. Oh, uh, yeah. Automatically have an immediate answer in my mind. I want to say Betty Ann and his tale about werewolves. You're, that's you? Yeah. Good. It's not the one I was thinking of. I want to say. Here we fucking go. This is, this is the. <laughs> The biggest Frank story, if I ever heard one. Frank, look at Frank. All right, look at him. <laughs> that man is werewolves. He b- lives and breathes werewolves. He probably is a werewolf. Are you are you insinuating that he looks like Jacob from Twilight? Is that what you're trying Maybe. to Maybe. <laughs> he looks like a teen wolf. Type of guy. So you think this is Frank? Yeah. And but we both agree it's about werewolves. I mean, the full moon. It's gotta be. Yeah. Um. I wouldn't say Betty Ann just because I just saw her tell a story. See, I was thinking that, and my second guess was gonna be Frank because we haven't heard Frank in a while, and we know Kristen's like done. This is definitely not David. Yeah. This could be could Kiki. Could be Gary. Could be. Huh. I don't know about Gary. He's still more sci-fi-ish, but we haven't heard anything from Gary at all. So it could be Gary, but I predicted him last time and it failed me. Didn't work out. So actually, but it doesn't feel like a Gary story. And it feels like a Betty Ann story because we did try to establish that she goes through the old school horror. We had vampire. We had clowns. We have a house. We have um, mummy. We have. It would fit. It would fit the Betty Ann motif. I only had reluctance to say it because we just saw. It. But if it is her, I would be happy because it yeah. it does fit the pattern. And we did have one last season where Betty Ann did back to back. So that's true. That's, that's why true. I'm saying it could be Betty Ann again. But this is definitely werewolves. To put more of a spin on mine, I'm gonna double down. That it's like Frank and it's about teen wolves. Teen wolves. <laughs> like a teen wolf. I, yeah, I mean, it's not going to be anybody else. Oh. Right? Yeah. Mm. Okay. 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 You want to go with teen wolf too or you want to do something else? Uh, I'm not going to go with teen wolf. Okay. I'm not. Oh, man. Um, 
I'm going to go with dun, 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 Creepy dun, dun, Dude. Dun. Creepy Dude uh, living in the, in the same neighborhood. Here's something new, different I want to do. So for both of us. Mm-hmm. Assuming we're right about the werewolf thing and they don't just throw a curveball at us. Mm-hmm. How do they get out of the situation? Like what happens to the werewolf? What what happens at the end? Uh, Well, that, that's the thing, right? If it's Betty Ann, like I predict, it's not going to have a good ending. He's going to get murdered by bullets, like silver bullets. <laughs> I think um, if it's Betty Ann, um, there's like that Goosebumps type ending, right? Where oh, I just thought of something. Yeah, keep going. Actually, she did the she did the Aliens, right? I yeah, guess she did oh, Aliens. Yeah. She did. She did. Now, my take back Betty Ann. You can't. Yeah. Forget it. It's too late. I said Betty Ann. I said my piece. It should be her because I think it's werewolves. <laughs> I think it's gonna be Frank mm-hmm. about a teen wolf, and like I'm at this point, I'm just wishing to the stars. But I think it's gonna be about a teen wolf, and the teen wolf isn't gonna be happy about it, so he's gonna try and get it cured. Mm-hmm. And the person he goes to it's is Doctor Vink. Vink. Yeah, that would be amazing. That would, but we saw Dr. Vink already, which is why. I, I know. I, I thought forget. we'd see him again. I forget we we, we had him already. <laughs> saw him twice. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm going to, Betty Ann, somebody in the neighborhood is weird. They figure out that he might be a werewolf. Um, and I don't think it's gonna be a misunderstanding. He is a that person is a werewolf, and it's gonna be a he. And uh, it doesn't get solved. Like mm-hmm. they think they stopped him, but they didn't, because Betty Ann's stories never end happily. It's always that goosebump twist ending. Yeah. All right. So we have our theory solidified. Mm-hmm. We will see who's right. Or wrong next week. Yes, we will. Or next time you turn on this podcast. <laughs> yes. And with that being said, any last words, Jumbie? Happy February 29th, everyone. Happy February 29th. Happy Leap Day. Enjoy the full moon. Yes. Thank you, everybody who sat through all of this and listened to it with us, with us, listen to us. Uh, we appreciate. There's another episode of Phantoms with Silver Screen. We appreciate mm-hmm. everything, all the effort everyone puts into listening to us, all our fans or passerby guests, people mm-hmm. intrigued by the Phantoms of the Silver Screen name. If you liked what you heard, please check out any other uh, projects that we have out there. And, any and rate, rate this podcast. Please. Any criticism is good criticism. Please. As long as it's positive. Please. Just please. put five stars. Let's do it. Yeah. Only, be positive, only positive criticisms. No negative. Mm-hmm. We don't want to hear that. 
Um, but yes, the, per- the perfectionist in you won't want to put three stars because that won't fill out all the stars. Just put five. That's true. And with that being said, we love you. This is Rippin' Jumby signing off. Have a wonderful leap year. <laughs> Support your local B&E.